What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode number 46 of the Fantasy Scouts podcast. I am your host, Chad Workman, joined by fellow scouts Sam Ehrman and Matt Nine. Today on the show, we're going to have a little bit of fun with the QB carousel, tell you where we think these guys are headed. Uh, just a number of quarterbacks this offseason that could be changing teams, a lot of big names. We'll tell you what the fantasy impact is and, and would be if they land in certain situations. As always, head on over to patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts. Subscribe there. $7 a month. Got tons and tons of content coming for you this offseason and heading into next year, especially as we start getting into rookie drafts. With that, let's get into the show. fellas um before we get started i did want to give a shout out to our devi podcast um i don't know if we've really talked about it on here but we do have a new podcast it's called devi talk can be accessed wherever you're listening to this podcast um if you guys remember andrew who was on many of these episodes andrew woodruff him and chance hopkins are the hosts and and they do a great job of i mean they're so deep in devi work uh, and they you know just talk about devi prospects and where they're at and and things of that nature so they're crushing it highly recommend if you're interested in devi or getting you know even if you're just getting started and you don't know anything about it great place to start the devi talk podcast all right with that we have Tons and tons of potential quarterback movement. This could be a historic offseason for quarterback movement. We already saw Tom Brady retire, although there are some there is some buzz about him in San Francisco, but I don't know that that's real. Um, let's start with Aaron Rodgers, guys, because he's really the big name here that that everybody's waiting on, and he's probably going to be the first domino to fall. Once he does, we'll start to see some of these other names uh, kind of fall into place. So starting with Aaron Rodgers, um, I'm just going to say, you know, I've been tracking this and the quarterback landscape for a while now being, you know, I've made no secret that I'm a Broncos fan and and would love to have Rodgers here in Denver. I've maintained that I think he will come to Denver. That being said, lately, um, I don't know if, you know, you guys saw his Instagram post yesterday kind of gave off retirement vibes. Um, I've also heard, it, to me, it sounds like people in league circles, like in front offices, think he's going to wind up in Denver. Um, but a lot of the media and fans and kind of outside people reading the tea leaves are thinking back to Green Bay. I would not be entirely shocked if he did retire. He just, you know, he's kind of a, a free spirit, for lack of a better way to put it. But um you know, I think after seeing guys like Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford and even Peyton Manning a few years back switch teams and win another Super Bowl elsewhere, you know, it, it's kind of the new way of doing things for these veteran quarterbacks. And I think, you know, going back to Green Bay, I mean, they're going to have to make a lot of concessions. They're going to have to cut some guys and restructure some salaries, and there's not going to be a lot left. And I don't know if that's the smartest move for him if he truly wants to win, um, I think in terms of winning, somebody like Denver, you know, gives him a great shot. Somebody like Pittsburgh, um, some teams like that. But 
I I do believe he ultimately ends up in Denver, but the other thing to note is he's been going on the Pat McAfee show. He was on there today, and he didn't really give any info. He has told Pat McAfee that he will announce his decision on the McAfee show, but we'll see if that holds true. I mean, Pat McAfee was saying if he does come on my show and announce it, I think it's probably back to Green Bay because why would he come on the show to say, like, oh, I want to be traded? Like, that's just kind of a not a great move. So we'll see. But as of now, I think we're probably at least a week out from Rogers making a decision. Um, I know the window just opened up for the franchise tag. He has said he wants to do it while there's still time for, you know, to give Adams an opportunity and some guys on the franchise tag. So with that, let's start with you, Matt. Um, what do you have to say about the Aaron Rodgers situation? Any thoughts, updates, anything? My thoughts are that all three options are plausible. I I just don't think anybody knows right now. I could easily see him asking to get traded. I could easily see him retiring. I could easily see him returning to Green Bay. I honestly have no idea. I do kind of agree with what you said initially. The His MVP uh, acceptance speech as well as the Instagram post from last night kind of gave off a retirement vibe. I'm not saying that is what happens, but that's just kind of what it felt like. It was a lot of past tense uh, was used in those that speech and post. So it, that's just the way I'm leaning at the moment. But again, I, I really don't know. It wouldn't shock me on whatever he does. At this point, I'm just kind of ready for it to end. I, I'm ready to talk about something else. Yeah, it's kind of just dragging on. and And that's why I have a hard time seeing him actually retire i think it could happen but you can tell he just i I like aaron Rodgers, but you can tell he wants to be the center of attention like he likes the attention and retiring kind of puts him into the background but i don't what do you think sam um i think we're at the point where um i mean i I guess like i've always been more of a patient i guess i'll wait and see what happens kind of person with this stuff but in a common sense football thing i know that you're like you you, you're a broncos fan so you just kind of assume he's coming to denver but i don't really think that's going to happen i think the most likely thing well is he'll come back and do like one last year and retire um and i say that because aaron Rodgers is a very cerebral guy and he knows his best chance to win super bowls in the nfc it makes no sense to go to the afc west with patrick mahomes um Justin Herbert, and then have to defend off like Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, all these young guys. His, I mean, like, plus Tom Brady just left. Russell Wilson could be on the move. The NFC is completely up for grabs outside of the Rams, and it just makes no sense for him to leave. And I know people are worried about the cap. Um, I think the only person who's probably not going to return that's a key piece is Darius Smith. But, um, I mean, to be fair, he didn't really play much this year anyways, and they were kind of fine without him. So, He's not going to return, but they're going to be able to manipulate the cap um, and get probably much everybody back um, if they really wanted to. It just depends. It just I don't think – so how do I say this? Like based on like what he said today, like obviously the whole interview is a huge troll job. I think he knows what he's going to do. And I just think he's, he's planning on returning. Um, you know, it – if I had to rank, I would say he returns. Um, then it would be Denver, then retirement, um, or Pittsburgh or wherever. But um, I, I just think that, you know, he mentioned today, like, what did he say? Like, 
I feel great. I'm in a great or I'm in a great space mentally, and um, I can still play, and I still love the game. And it's like, you, if you can still play, you still love the game, you still want to give it all. You're not going to quit. And to me, I just the most logical sense is by far in Green Bay. Um, you know, they they still have all their DC, so they'll either, you know get some help around them, and they've got some money. Like after, so like long story short, after some of their restrictions i looked it up we'll have a little bit of money for free agency not a whole ton um but just enough that maybe if they go all in it seems like that the packers want to do one last year with him and go all in and see what can happen and then he's going to walk off and it just kind of seems like that's how everything's lining up in my opinion well uh, they are losing some defensive assist i mean i saw you tweet out the other day about um i think it was wes welker leaving the Niners just talking about assistant coaches like they matter. I mean, they've lost three assistants on offense already, and they just lost Mike Smith, who's uh, who's either I don't know, assistant DC or their linebackers coach or something. Um, they've lost a number of assistants, and I would say, I mean, they're like what 55 million over the cap. I think that's where I would argue when you say he has a better chance and i mean i know the nfc is weaker and i'm admittedly like a little biased towards the broncos in the sense that i want him to be here but in terms of competition i mean i just think the broncos have a better roster top to bottom than the packers and it feels like the packers have kind of maxed out here i mean their roster's only going to get worse in my opinion and they've failed to advance in the playoffs the last two years so even with that competition i i think denver's a, a better situation for him yeah, I, I, if Aaron Rodgers comes back, I don't think anything changes. I mean, his wish list is Randall Cobb and Marta, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Devontae Adams. So I don't think the offense looks any different than what it did last year. The defense, I think, will be worse than what it was last year. So if he returns, that's fine. But I'm not convinced that at this point he's chasing Super Bowls. I think it's more about personal accolades, just wanting to be there, having fun, which is fine. I mean, that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. But I, I just – he. I don't see the Packers being any better than they were last year. It's hard to tell with him if he plays because he wants to win or if he plays just because he loves the game. Like, and that's the thing is like, he's always said like, I love the game, but you know, in his interviews, he, he doesn't like, oh, I want to win. I want to win a Super Bowl. Like, yeah. He's always like, Oh yeah, it was nice. You know, I'd like to win another one, but like, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's his major goal. So it's really I, hard to tell. There was a tweet that I saw today that apparently somebody who's close to Aaron Rodgers said that his goal was always to go out on top. And they were like, he has back-to-back -back MVPs. You know, what's a better time than now unless he wants to go for three MVPs and then go out? So, like, I just, like I said, I don't feel like a Super Bowl is his goal. It's pro. I mean, it's possible. I mean, like, well, it's a goal. I'm yeah. just, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's not like, it's not Tom Brady level. Like, you know, like, on a hot dog on a stick in front of him, and he's chasing it all the time. Right. Like, I get you. And, and I mean, to be fair, he's never been one of those like grinders. I mean, like, and, and I mean, some people are just more gifted. I mean, like, for God's sakes, I mean, could you imagine just not doing anything all summer, show up to training camp and become MVP back to back years? I mean, like, some people are that good. And when you're that good, it's almost, I struggle to believe you'd be able to hang it up when you're at the peak. Um, but I mean, who knows? I mean, I, you know, you know, he loves Green Bay. Um, the city, the things with the team seem much better. Um, so I mean, we'll see. I, you know, I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I think your point is valid that they can probably. I mean, NFL teams maneuver the cap 
all the time. So there's some things they can do, but they'll almost certainly lose to Darius Smith. Um, I mean, even, you know, you talk about MVS, Matt, I mean, he's going to be a free agent. And if they bring back Rogers and Adams, I just have a hard time seeing how they afford anybody. I mean, well, to be Adams fair, Amari Rogers has always been kind of the plan for 2022. And that's kind of what, like, I mean, yeah, like I would have liked to see more from him and the Cobb trade killed that. But from like the understanding the expectation is some of these guys were free agents with the expectation that, okay, Amari's going to get the year and the slot learn and then can go. So, I mean, obviously you don't know how it'll go till he gets on the field, but um I don't so I mean we'll see. I don't I don't think Amari's in the plans for 22 22 at all, to be honest. I mean, if Rogers comes back, he asks them to trade for Cobb. He's not gonna then say, Hey Cobb, walk out the door. What is Cobb's so, contract? Because that's like I believe it's nine million dollars dead cap. And like, I'm sorry, but I can't see well, like for a team Randall that's Cobb puts them in such like a, a tough picture, like because like you traded for him last year because Aaron Rodgers wanted him. If Aaron Rodgers returns, you can't just, you know, cut him. He's like, I'll piss him off. I mean, like, you get all pissy about Jake Kumaro. But, you know, it's like, at the same time, you have this really talented third-round rookie. You can't just hold off on the field because your quarterback who's getting ready to walk out the door, you know, wants his, his I'm sorry, washed friend on the field. Like, Randall Cobb did not help the Packers last year. I'm not saying Amari Rodgers would have. But I think moving forward, he could be and would be a better option. You know, I mean, he's younger, more dynamic, is able to do a lot of things. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I know you're not arguing, but I'm just thinking like football. I, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't disagree with the word you said. Yeah. I would rather see Amari Rogers myself. But we're in that that phase where it really doesn't matter what the logical answer is. The Packers are just doing whatever Aaron Rodgers wants. It's hard to say. I mean, like, it's a very possible that, you know, year two, Amari Rodgers gains his trust and he's the slot receiver. I mean, like, you don't know. I mean, that's the frustrating part with, like, this offense is outside of Devontae Adams moving forward, you don't know anything. I mean, like, you don't even know who the starting running back is right now. I mean, I assume um, Aaron Jones, but, you know, you're starting to see it all over the timeline that, you know, it's A.J. Dillon's time and stuff. So it's like everything right now in Green Bay is like a puzzle. Yeah, and just just sorry, let me just butt in real quick. Randall Cobb has one year left at seven point eight million, or they do have an out. It would be two point seven dead cap, so they probably take that out unless you know if if Rogers comes back and he does want Cobb there, then you know they have one year left. I just if he returns, I imagine they're going to go to Cobb and be like, "Dude, you've got to take a pay cut. We've got to restructure this. You're not worth that." Like. I mean, there's no way Randall Cobb is worth $7 million in the cap, even if Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. I mean, Randall Cobb last year, you saw, like, not only was he not the same, he couldn't stay on the field. Yeah. Like a personal move. And her hampered the the football team. If you could clear that and make $5 million and upgrade to your, you know, super athletic funds slot receiver you draft in the third round, like, logically that makes sense. But – you know, you've got Aaron Rodgers' emotions to worry about. I just feel like if you're the Packers and you're sitting here at the front office and looking at all this, I feel like what you should do is that if Aaron Rodgers is going to come back, you truly have to go for a Super Bowl run, whether that's his top goal or not. Like, you just have to do that. I mean, he can't beat Jimmy Garoppolo, so you got to get guys in there, whatever it takes. One year, 
And then you're going to be in a world of hurt come 2023 as far as roster construction goes. Or you let Aaron Rodgers go now and you re-sign Adams. You, you start to go with Love or, or somebody else, whoever you want to do at quarterback, and you can keep most of this roster intact. So I just feel like if the pack, if Aaron Rodgers does come back, I feel like it hurts the Packers down the road more so than it does if, if they let him go right now. But I also I get what you know the thing is it's like you know Super Bowl you know gives us the best chance to win et cetera et cetera. But I just feel like this is one of those scenarios where I just I feel like the Packers just got to rip the Band-Aid off. Didn't wasn't there a report the other day talking about how? Um... Aaron Rodgers, like the Packers wanted to go all in for Rodgers or something in 2022. Yeah, they're preparing to make him the highest paid quarterback of all time. Um, Makes no sense. But that's their that's their only way they can do it and keep him. And I also think it's part of they've got they've done a good job from a PR standpoint because they've put all the pressure on him to say like publicly, hey, we're prioritizing Rodgers. We want him here. We're offering this mega contract. If he leaves, it's on him. Like it was, he's the bad guy. So I think they've done a good job from that standpoint. But I think you're right, Matt. If he takes this contract, because the way they'd have to set it up, he'd have to have a pretty low base here in this year in 2022, so they can get under the cap. They'd have a ton of back end guarantees on that. So it would really hurt them the next few years I, down I, the line. And then you know you still got this first round quarterback on your roster, and what do you do with him? We'll talk about him next, but. Um, that's kind of, yeah, I think the, the Packers have done a good job just from like a publicity standpoint and trying to make Rogers the bad guy. If he does leave, I can't imagine the Packers wanting to give him an extension with all this retirement talk. I mean, like the dude's half of way out the door, so I don't know, but that's the only way they can do it because if they give him an extension, they can lower his base salary so much this year they can get under the cap. But then, yeah, there's going to be more guarantees the next few years, which, again, that just makes it so tough down the line. Um, if he comes back on the salary he has, they're going to have to cut slash restructure so many guys. But they might be able to do it. We'll see. Um Either way, I think, you know, Matt, you hit it on the head, like just kind of ready for this to be over, even as, you know, somebody who wants him to come to Denver, like, let's just get this thing moving so we can move on with the rest of the offseason. And then we can also figure out what the fate will be of Jordan Love. So um, obviously a first round quarterback didn't play too well um, when he was in there, but he got what one start this year too. But you know, we talked about him a bit, like there were some good things he did. And there's a lot of things that, you know, people just look at the box score and just say he sucks, but that's not necessarily the case. Um, so if, if the, if Rogers does move on from the Packers, I suspect that the Packers will keep love. They may bring in like a veteran, um, you know, one of these other free agent names and maybe let him compete, but kind of favor it towards Jordan love and hope he wins it. But Something like that is kind of what I envision if Rodgers does head out. What do you think, Sam, in regards to Jordan Love and, and where he stands with the Packers right now and, and what his future is? Well, I mean, I think first off, like, I genuinely just feel bad for the kid. I mean, there's not been a player who's been hated as much as I got in the NFL than him, and it's not his fault. He's a really hardworking, talented kid who's humble and, and – his teammates love him. Aaron Rodgers loves him. I mean, like, everybody loves this dude. And then, you know, Twitter hates him because, you know, 
he cost, you know, the, the Packers the Super Bowl um, standing on the sideline. Um, I think the reality is nobody really knows. Um, I mean, like, from the tape, you know, I mean, like, from the little bit of sample size we've seen, um, there's been some good and some bad. It, to me, he just looked like a guy who hasn't been on the field very much and kind of doesn't really know, like, the, the full feel speed of the game because he hasn't been on the field. But, um, like, you can see the talent. You can see the art. Like, the good is like, okay, like, yeah, okay. If he continues, you know, like, if he works out, he's going to be really good. And the bad is like, oh, okay, yeah, like, they're going to be looking, you know, for a new guy. Um, but I think the reality is um, he sat for two years. They like him, you know, but – you keep seeing these reports like from someone like Ben Albright. Oh, everybody knows the Packers don't believe in him. Like, I can't imagine, you know, Green Bay officials are telling anybody that, but let alone like, especially somebody like Ben Albright, who's one of the loudest mouths for the Denver media, who's most, you know, likely linked to Aaron Rodgers. It's just, I don't know, like, it's one of those things where you, the better it is to do, for me at least, is to step away from the picture, just let stuff happen. I mean, like, to me, Jordan Love is a kid who came in stupid raw. I believe he was, what, 20 years old? Um, he has he has a wicked arm. He has a huge arm. He's, he's mobile. Um, he's big, tall, lengthy. Um, but he just didn't know football, essentially. I mean, like, um, the Utah State offense is nothing compared to a Matt LaFleur, Green Bay Packers offense. And um, I'm sure he's picked Aaron's brain a lot over the past two years and learned some stuff and – um, some stuff will emulate into his game, but I don't know. I mean, like nobody will really know what's going to happen until he gets on the field. Um, you know, most people already got their mind made up, whether, you know, he's good or bad, um, based on, you know, how they feel about him and Packers fans, like my friend Ryan, you know, never even gave the dude chance because, you know, it's like, oh, he was drafted to replace Rogers, but we still love Rogers. So this guy, you know, it's like, and that's kind of how it's been for Jordan Love and to, to me, I'm not worried, and I say this because to go through what he's gone through the past two years and never let it bother him, and, like, he's got incredibly thick skin, checks all the boxes. I don't know. I mean, if there's somebody I'd want to bet on just based on everything we've got in the past, it would be Jordan Love. But fantasy upside, I don't really know because, like, he's not somebody who's going to be a runner, but he can run. Like, he's very mobile, but it's not, like, they're going to be designing a whole bunch of stuff for him. So, I mean, I don't know. I think I'll just say before you go, Matt, I think it would be a huge mistake to just dump him for like, if, if that is the narrative that, you know, people think that they don't believe in him. And I think it would be a mistake to just disregard him and dump him off for a late pick or whatever, and just cut their losses because these young quarterbacks, Matt, we talked about it on one of the last few shows about you just you need to commit to these guys and build around them and give them time especially a raw player like Jordan Love like I, I just think like you said Sam it's it's been unfair to him so I just and he did sorry he did start one game this year I, I couldn't remember if it was one or two he got some action in other games but he started the Kansas City game which didn't go too well but he he makes some throws at the same time that are impressive so I just have a hard time believing if you're the Packers organization, you invest was the 23rd, 26th overall pick into the Jordan Love, and then he never starts the season for you. That just that makes no sense to me. 
I can't imagine the backlash that you would get for that. I mean, it's already starting right now, and they haven't even said whether you know he's going to be out or he's going to start. So it's just kind of like it, it just doesn't make sense, especially when you look at the financial uh, you know, aspect of it all. What we were just talking about with Rodgers. Rodgers comes back. It's like, what do you do next year if you're the Packers? You're not going to have any money, but you still got Jordan Love for two years cheap on a rookie contract. So you might as well just see what you have. He was there anyway, so – and if not, you can reset in 20, what would that be, 24, and, you know, move on from there. So it just – it doesn't make sense that to pro- to say or project that he's not going to play for them at some point. And that could start as early as this year or it could be next year. We just have to kind of wait and see what happens with that. But like Sam said, he's raw. He's got tremendous upside. I think we're all in agreement here. Either he's going to be a superstar or he's not going to be in the league much longer. So it's what – no in between there so we just have to wait and see so would you guys do you think it's a good idea to try and buy him in dynasty right now considering all this noise about how they don't believe in him and stuff try to get him on the cheap slash what would you give up for him i think it's cost dependent for me uh i know i did trade future a single future first last year uh in anticipation that this year he would get the starting job and it's kind of one of those things, even if you don't believe in love, as soon as Aaron Rodgers leaves, the value goes up. So if you trade a first for him, especially in Superflex and 2QB, trade a first for him last year, Aaron Rodgers leaves, announces he's leaving or retiring in two weeks, and then I could probably go out and trade love for a first plus. Even if it's not much on, I'm still getting more back just because he's a starting quarterback and it's the value. You know, he might be extra. Somebody else's team might be hurting for QBs or something like that. So. I, th- I think you're definitely asking what it would cost. I'm not sure if I'm paying a first right now just because there's a little more uncertainties than there was at this time last year. But if for some reason you can get them relatively cheap, maybe for a second, a second to third, couple twos, something like that, then I would definitely look into it. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm with Matt on that. Um, honestly, the biggest thing you said that I'm still kind of, I guess, hung up on is trading him away um and that tweet benjamin ben albright put out where it's like the most they would get is a late day three pick it's like really like i just like i know ben albright is plugged in and he's accurate with Broncos stuff but a late third i mean like seriously like you're gonna tell me like a late day three pick like i just there's nothing that he's saying about the packers that just is like plausible i, I just Sorry, I wanted to go back on that because you said that. It just I don't know, drives me nuts. Yeah, that's um, fair. I, I, uh, I, Benjamin Albright is really plugged in, but I don't see that either. I mean, a f- first round pick a couple of years ago, even like, I feel like somebody would give Josh up third, Rosen even if it's like for a second, wasn't he? Who? Josh Rosen got traded to the Dolphins for a second round pick, didn't he? Like, I'm pretty sure it was a second round pick in 2020. It's like, they didn't just give him away. So it's like Jordan Love, I just struggle to believe that you've got two years of development in this guy and you're just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. six-round pick will do it. You know, it's it, like, it was the 62nd overall pick. So it yeah. was, yeah, late two. It's just like I struggle to believe that. It's like, the mo- you know, nobody believes in Jordan Love and the most they would get is a day three pick. Seems like you don't know what you're talking about. So anyways, um. Yeah, no, that's all fair. I like I said, I, I think Aubrey is really plugged in and he gets more things right than wrong, but that's definitely a suspect one. Um, let's move on to 
Russell Wilson. And uh, like I said, I've been tracking this stuff pretty closely, so I have some things to say. I will let you get in here, Matt, since you're obviously very familiar with the Seahawks, and I know you have some thoughts. But um, a couple of interesting things that I've heard is that Russ is unhappy there, um, at least with certain things. I don't know, like, overall, you know, if it's enough to, to have him force his way out. But there are things he's unhappy with. He also doesn't want to be the guy to force a trade. Um, he's kind of, uh, I don't know how to put it. He, he very much, like, wants to be viewed positively in the public light. He's kind of like a rule follower. I think... I don't remember who it was, but some former Seahawks, it might have even been Cam Chancellor, but some guys, maybe Richard Sherman, said that Russ wasn't a great leader. And I I don't necessarily believe that, but I think that stems from, I think he's just very much a rules-oriented, by-the-book kind of guy. And so I just can't imagine him stepping into the public spotlight and saying, like, get me out of here, I want to trade. I think it would be hard for him to do that. I think he's had some closed door conversations with, you know, Pete Carroll and, and the Seahawks. But again, I just don't see that from him. And I don't know if the things that he's unhappy with is enough for him to do something like that. Interesting. Apparently his socials were scrubbed of Seahawks stuff. This happens a lot. It can be used as a marketing tool. You get new followers who come in and want to see what, you know, what's, what the deal is. So it can be used as a marketing tool, but it's always interesting to note that. Um, I think, I think he just has some questions with the Seahawks and at least wants them to explore and the ability for him to explore some options. But again, I think he wants to do that quietly. He doesn't want to be looked at, like he doesn't want what's going on with Rogers. He doesn't want that around him. He's very much you know, just wants to be a popular guy. So that's kind of how I see it. What do you think, Matt? I mean, that's fair, I guess. I I haven't heard anything about the leadership stuff. I personally don't think he gets traded. And I think next summer he signs an extension. He said or a couple of weeks on a podcast that a couple of weeks ago that he wants to retire Seahawk. His goal is to win three more Super Bowls. I don't know if that happens, but he he wants to finish his career in Seattle. I do know that his relationship with Pete Carroll has gotten better since last summer when all this came came to light. So they are good there, and several of the NFL insiders uh, have reported much of the same. I I don't know what his issues are, although I don't I know that the let's see here the front office maybe I don't know if it's Pete Carroll, John Schneider, or a combination of the two have never really been in been in all in on him. Uh, but the owner, Jody Allen, who was Paul Allen's, the late Paul Allen's sister, she stepped in and she was really, really quiet for the first few years. And over the past, who had to have been about two and a half months, she, she's really started to make her voice known. And the decision's kind of up to her right now. Uh, from my understanding, Pete Carroll and John Schneider are good with whatever. If she decides that Russell needs to go, they're cool with it. If he, if she wants him to stay, then he's staying. Uh, but from what I gather, just putting puzzle pieces together, Russell wants to be there. He doesn't, I don't believe that he wants to get traded. I just think he wants certain things to change. He wants a, maybe a little bit like Aaron Rodgers, we could say. He just wants a little more opinion, a little more input into what goes on there on the field as far as maybe team roster construction goes, as well as the game plans. 
But that's where, you know, he's saying that stuff publicly. And it's not that I don't believe him. I think he, in an ideal world, they would all get on the same page and he could thrive in Seattle. But I think, you know, Pete Carroll is a run first kind of guy. They, they never let Russ cook and, and some of those things. And I think, you know, again, he wants to say that stuff publicly, but behind closed doors, I think he might be expressing some displeasure. He just doesn't want it to boil over to where he's, you know, the center of attention and looked at as the bad guy. I think if anything, it would be, you know, he'd leak something like when that list leaked of teams that he would be interested in. I think that was kind of a push from his side to say, Hey, like these teams that I'm naming, pick up the phone and call and, and see what you can get out of, out of the Seahawks brass. But I don't know that, again, I don't know that it's far enough to where he would say, literally trade me. I think it's, he kind of just wants to explore and, and think about his options. I think Russell needs to take a look in the mirror. I don't want him to cook. I've seen him throw 45 times a game and he ain't good at it when he throws that many times. He needs a balanced offense. And I'm actually okay as a Seahawks fan with him getting traded and us doing, I don't think you necessarily have to blow it up, but you can do some sort of restructuring because he feels like that guy over the past 18, 19, 20 games over the course of the last two seasons, he's been a below average NFL quarterback across the board. Uh, Mina Kimes was speaking on this on NFL Live a few weeks before the Super Bowl. If you look at completion percentage, attempts, touchdowns, interceptions, like he just hasn't been that good. So I'm of the belief that maybe his play style, along with the getting sacked so much and stuff like that, he could be trending downward. I don't know if we're ever going to see a true prime Russell Wilson again. And he has never shown that he can carry the team on his shoulders. The one Super Bowl that we have, along with the second appearance the following year, was all by the defense. Russell Wilson just drove the ship. He didn't have to do anything special. And since Pete Carroll and John Schneider said, okay, we can't afford these defensive guys anymore. We're going to pay you $45 million a year. Take us where we need to go. He hadn't been able to do that. We haven't even been to a single NFC title game. So I feel like he needs to look in the mirror and be like, what can I do to change I don't, you don't need to throw 45 times a game, Russ. Like if, if you're only being asked to throw in 25 times a game, try and hit 23 of those for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Just do what you can. That's a good point. I think I would just say as a Broncos fan, be careful what you wish for. Um, but the other thing I think worth noting is that Pete Carroll is 70 years old. He'll be 71 going into next year. I mean, he's not going to want to go through a three to five year rebuilding plan, right? So I think that's a factor as well. Yeah, if, if for some reason Russ is not there, that would be some sort of veteran that would come in, maybe a rookie just, you know, I don't know, like a Desmond Ritter type, just to sit there, just kind of develop, and maybe the next coach incoming after that would would want him or not. So, but I, I don't know. I'm very indifferent, but I don't I don't think he gets traded in my opinion. What do you think, Sam? Um, I think it's very possible that, uh, you know, I've done this for years and I think that I think people are starting to maybe catch up is I think, you know, we overrated Russ. Like I thought, you know, he was a hall of fame guy, you know, surefire. And it's like, you go back and look and he's never really, you know, had great numbers. He's always been kind of like Derek Carr. I mean, like there's no real difference there except for, you know, I mean, like Russ obviously has a Super Bowl win. Um, but I mean, he didn't really have to do much that day. Um, but anyways, um, I just think that, you know, the Super Bowl win, I think if a, if a quarterback wins a Super Bowl, like in the rookie contract, 
we as media and fans and people tend to vastly overrate them for years and years to come. And I think that's might where we are might have what happened with Russ and where we are now. Um, and with Russ moving forward, uh, you know, honestly, like the only thing I'm really worried about is like DK Metcalf. I mean, like as long as DK Metcalf still gets his opportunities and, you know, still a wide receiver one, I really couldn't care less where Russ goes. That's honestly where I'm at is like, I'm just tired of the the drama with these quarterbacks. And, and I know like Tom Brady kind of got the ball rolling with player movement and then Matt Stafford really did not help this past year winning another Super Bowl. So I feel like in the coming years, we're going to see more and more of this quarterbacks, you know, forcing their way out to go somewhere. And while it is annoying, um, I think we've seen the trend start. Um, and I think Russ, Russ is a very smart guy. And I think he understands that Seattle is not as good as other teams in the league. And I think, you know, he's starting to sniff around and Chad, you mentioned, you know, that, uh, think he's a rules follower well I think so too but I also don't think he's stupid and he wants to try to compete and I don't think he can win out in Seattle anymore um I mean say what you will about Matt Stafford and you guys like dog on him obviously the you know Super Bowl champs um whatever the heck's going on with Kyler Murray and then Trey Lance if he hits he hits but like I almost feel like he's just looking for a fresh start and I don't know if he cares anymore about what people think like I think people are still going to respect him because he's still one of the stand-up guys in the NFL, but people are starting to understand and respect player movement more. And I think that maybe he follows just right in line. Um, and maybe um, I don't know where he goes, but I do think Matt brought up a good point that, you know, maybe he is like on the decline, like part of it might've been his finger, but you know, it feels like Russ has always gotten the excuse, you know, it's like, he, like when he doesn't make the throw, you know, it's like nobody ever says like Russ should have thrown a better ball. It was you should have handed the ball off. Like Russ has never been somebody who gets like critiqued or blamed almost. And it just feels like I think Seattle fans are tired of it. And um, maybe it just seems like a fresh start for everybody. As a Seahawks fan, I just wish he was held more accountable for some of the sacks that he's taken. Because, I mean, your offensive line, I mean, if they're blocking three and a half, four seconds every time and, and you're still getting sacked five times a game, I mean, at, at what point do you look at you and be like, it's kind of your fault. Can you please throw the ball? Because that's that's his that's just his play style. He's always looking for the, for the big shot, for the deep shot. Not a lot of quick stuff. I mean, it was even over the last few games. Well, over the last few games, they looked a lot better because the run game was finally starting to work. Hopefully we get a healthy year of Rashad Penny. But prior to that, when they were asking him to throw because the run game wasn't working, because it was a combination of of Homer uh, and, and DJ Dallas that they're asking him to throw. And he was missing a lot of throws. Like, I just don't feel like he's the same guy that, that he used to be. And granted, it could have been the finger. But like I said, this goes back into 2020, not just 2021. So I just wonder if it's a scheme thing. Like, you just – I don't know why, but the, the – the He's – He's locks schemes, even like this past year, just never seems smooth. Like, they just – like even when you watch all twenty two, like some of their, you know, passing concepts, like it just, I don't know. Like it, Seattle's offense has always just been kind of weird, and I almost wonder if it's not a Pete Carroll not completely being able to adjust problem. Okay, here's what I will say, and I don't know how this is going to go this year, but we're going to find out. Of the twenty twenty 
excuse me, of the 22 assistant coaches on the Seahawks staff, 16 are new this year. And Pete Carroll and uh, was if it Clint Hurt or something like that, his the new defensive coordinator in his press conference last week, he said, I'm in charge. Pete Carroll gave me the keys. He's going to tell me what he wants to do, but I get the final say. And they're changing the defense and he wants to be more aggressive. And it's the same thing that I've been seeing and reading as well on the offensive side of the ball with the passing game and, and stuff like that. So, but I failed for this last year though. Like, you know, they brought in the Rams OC and they were going to bring the levels concepts in and they didn't like it. it. I, I didn't read anything last year where it said Pete Carroll was giving anybody full autonomy. And this year I'm reading a lot of where Pete Carroll's giving people full autonomy. So we will have to wait and see. And this is DK Metcalf's contract year. So there's a chance he holds out or he gets an extension this summer. I've already seen rumors. Uh, U Stadium posted this, that he's apparently been put on the trade block. I'm not sure if that's been confirmed or not, but we don't know his future either. But I, I doubt that he moves. I think he's extended. That's a good point. I probably think so as well. And the last thing I'll say, Sam, you alluded to this kind of quarterback movement, and I, I agree. I kind of alluded to that. Um, at the top of the show, I think what we see is these young quarterbacks come in and teams are able to build around them because they're on a rookie contract. Then they get paid and it forces teams to, you know, let guys go elsewhere and, and they can't afford to fill out the roster as much. And so then the team kind of crumbles and then they want to move on the last few years of their career to a team who has been doesn't have the quarterback but has been able to stack up the roster elsewhere so i think that's kind of we're going to see a lot more of this as guys get off their rookie contracts they get paid and then the team around them suffers so um i think that's kind of the new way of the nfl but let's move on to a guy who is certainly still in his prime at least last he was on the field that's deshaun watson he has obviously been navigating um the sexual assault allegations and I mean, realistically, nothing's probably going to get nothing's probably going to happen until he settles some of these. But um, there's obviously been a lot of talk about where he could go. So what is your read? Let's start with you, Sam. What is your read on the Deshaun Watson situation? Um, I'll be honest um, with the Deshaun Watson stuff. I've kind of just unplugged and quit caring. And I'll react if and when something happens. Right now, he's not in the NFL. He's, um, I, I don't know. I mean, like, to me, he's a QB1 wherever he goes. But I, it's hard to know because there's so many options in the cases. So, for me, I'm not really paying a whole lot of attention to him. Like, yeah, I would like to try to trade for him. Um, and I've tried in a few leagues. But... I don't have anything new to say. Nothing's changed. So that's really all I got. Yeah, I think we're all probably kind of on the same page with that. So a better question might just be where do we want him to land? And I don't know what you have to say, Matt, but I think maybe that's kind of a better way to go with this because we're kind of just in a holding pattern until until something happens with that situation. Definitely in a wait-and-see mode. Got to take care of the off-field stuff first before we can see him on the field again. Uh, when he is on the field, I believe he's in the same tier as Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert and whoever else you want to put in that tier one. Um, he's that good. Uh, there was a new report that came out today regarding his deposition has been pushed back to April 1st. 
this is an interesting date because uh, let's see here. I'm, I'm going to read this. This was uh, from Drew Davenport. The statute of limitations for misdemeanors is two years. The first allegation against Watson it was from March 30th, 2020. So come April 1st, he's passed the statute of limitations to be charged for misdemeanors. So I think we are at an inevitable point where he is moved. I think his cap hit this year is like 36 million. I feel like I saw that. And the Texans, if there's any organization that knows more about this outside of Deshaun Watson's camp and his lawyer, it's the Houston Texans. And to me, when, when I hear that they're saying they're not backing off of their asking price, it kind of feels like he's going to play again. Like it, Am I, am I wrong in saying that? Like, I'm not I'm not condoning what he did off the field, and, and I'm not saying he should play again or I agree with any of that, but I'm just saying they're not just trying to dump him for anything. They're still saying we want three first, two more picks, several players. Like, they, they must know that there's probably a good chance he plays again. Right, and there's, you know, there's been reports that they were very close to trading him to the Dolphins at the trade deadline. It just kind of unraveled at the last minute because they couldn't quite get all of the settlements done. And so, I mean, even the Dolphins were looking at it like, hey, we think this guy is going to play once these last few, you know, things get wrapped up. Uh, there was, I saw something else this morning that the Panthers made a legitimate offer at the deadline as well, but he did not waive his no trade clause for Carolina. He does not want to go there. I'm sure we all saw the same report uh, a week or so ago, how he apparently wants to play for Minnesota or Tampa Bay. Uh, that was also denied by his camp. He said, no, he never told us that. So I think what Sam said, we're in wait and see mode. I don't know where he's going to go. If I'm guessing today, if I'm, if I'm going to put, you know, 10, 20 bucks down, I would guess Tampa. But outside of that, I, I just, I don't know. We just have to wait and see. Yeah. Before that Carolina report came out, that would have been, who I thought because they seem like the team that's hasn't really been in on like Rogers Russ. Once those dominoes fall, they, they probably still have a hole there. And they also have the, what is it? The eighth pick in the draft, something like that. Um, whereas, does, you know, Tampa does, Bay doesn't really have that much ammo, but it seems like the most sensible landing spot. I mean, if, if Aaron Rodgers retires or goes back to green Bay does and, and Watson is, is cleared to play and not, cleared off the field but just simply cleared to play does denver circle back i know washington was interested last offseason and they kind of they're like no you gotta we're not we're not out until you get yourself figured out so i wonder if we'll see teams like that circle back yeah i think that's a good point and i think that's very realistic that denver would i think everything i heard was that they were interested but they just wanted everything cleared up first they weren't going to make a move until it was so if it does get cleared up i think you know i've also heard that this might seem obvious, but the Broncos front office believes that they're in a contention window. So they want a guy who can help them get there. And they feel like they wasted last year, which is what I said from the jump. So, I mean, I think they would certainly take a run at Watson if, if it played out that way. And I think that'd be a great fit, but you're right. Um, I think he's definitely a QB one if, and when he plays again, which I think he will just a matter of when more so. Um, let's move down the list. Some maybe less exciting options here. Kirk Cousins next. Um, I mean, the tough thing about some of these next tier guys is they're, they're kind of next tier. It feels like they've maxed out their talents and situation yet. They still cost a ton of money. So that makes it tricky. 
I believe Kirk Cousins is probably back, especially now with O'Connell being hired. I heard that that was one of the reasons they liked him is Cousins was a part of his plans. Um, and obviously they worked together in Washington and Cousins has run that kind of outside outside zone running scheme slash West Coast offense. So I think he's probably there for one more year. But what is your read on it, Matt? Until I see an extension, he's all, he's on the trade table. Because like you said, he's got one year left and a quarter of the league needs a quarterback. Carolina called Minnesota the other day asking about him. I don't, that was the report. I don't know if there was any legitimate, if that was a legitimate talk or just a simple phone call. Hey, you know, in, in theory, what would it cost kind of combo? But until I see an extension, Kirk Cousins has one year left and he's very tradable with, what is it, minimal dead cap or kind of in, in the middle? Do you have that in front of you there? It's actually forty-five million dead cap. So yeah, so he's, he's owed uh, yeah. thirty-five million for one more year. But if you're trading okay. for him, you're probably going to want an extension, which is going to be the same, like in the thirty millions. He also said he wasn't to willing up. to take a pay cut. Right, that's a good point. He did say that, and you're going to have to give up. I don't know what what would the trade amount be? A first and a couple of seconds, two firsts. Like I don't think it'd be that much. I think I think it'd be like a one and a three. Yeah, or maybe two twos or something. I think you would that negotiation would take a lot because I don't think teams would want to give up a one. But like at the same time, like Kirk Cousins is also so good, like you don't want to be without him. Like you better have a plan. Like, but if I think if you're the Vikings, you'd want a one because you're like, what the hell are we supposed to do for this year? Because yeah, but I'm saying five million dollars we can't spend. Yeah, but I'm saying like the Panthers are not going to want to give up that one. Like, oh, he's 33, you know, or 34. Like, I mean, he's old. Like, he's not a spry chicken. So I struggle to believe that people are going to, like, line up to trade for him knowing – I don't know. I mean, like, I know he's got a trade market. Um, It's just – Yeah, yeah, I I, I get what you're saying. I I feel like there's plenty of teams that want him. But it's just a matter of if there's any, like, logical or, like – you know, compensation that can be made that makes sense for both sides. Like the reality is like Kirk Cousins is an upgrade over about 95% of quarterbacks. Um, Because like people think like when you say that, like they only think of like, you know, the top guys, but with the, you know, there's 64 on rosters and then you've got, you know, how many on practice squads. So like Kirk Cousins being a top 20 guy, you know, you know, you get my whole point, but you know, when you, if you look at every quarterback, he's you know in the top ninety five percent. I don't, know, I don't is, know about that. Oh, stop! The Kirk Cousins is like seven and twenty two against playoff teams. I'm not. Yeah. No, 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 I'm not saying like he's actually like a top ten. Like my point is, life with Kirk Cousins is much better than life without Kirk Cousins, unless you have a guaranteed backup plan. Like it, it's similar to like I mean. What's Chad saying? Like in Denver, like be careful what you wish for. Like I mean, because it's I mean the minute you you have a quarterback leave, you better have a plan. Like Indiana, we figure that out right now. Like you know, I mean Andrew Luck gone, there's no plan. I mean Kirk Cousins is not the sexiest option, but you can win a lot of games with Kirk Cousins, and he's pretty decent. I think he's one of the most disrespected guys. I don't think he's like clutch, and I don't think he's you know up in the t- elite tier, but I think he's somebody who's pretty decent. And you can win a lot of games, and if you get him in the right system, you know you can win the right, you know you can win a Super Bowl, and he can sling it. I mean, he's throws for four thousand and thirty every year, so he's not, you know, bad. But it, it's just, 
I the fact I think he's rubbed teams wrong the wrong way over the years. And I say that because like he only wanted guaranteed money when he left Washington after only getting guaranteed money. And like when I I was in the league when he got signed, it was like I know some people like they were like, What the hell? Like, I don't want him around my team. Like, if that's how you're gonna take like and the vaccination and stuff. So it's like there may be some teams who cross them off. Nope, not vaccinated, right off the list. So I, I don't know. I mean, he's he's a really interesting guy. Yeah, that's another interesting point to consider, especially with this next name too. But I mean, you guys are I think we're all on the same page. It kind of comes down with the cost to acquire him would be there's a lot of teams sure they would like to have Kirk Cousins but at what at what price point so that's kind of what it comes down to um for what it's worth Ian Rappaport said either today or yesterday um he did say that that he thinks Cousins will remain in Minnesota that's kind of my belief but we'll see if somebody steps up and gives them a big time offer um Let's move on to Carson Wentz. Obviously a huge disappointing season in Indianapolis. I just got done watching that hard knocks and it was kind of, I don't want to say fun, but it was kind of interesting to watch that uh, play out there. And, you know, I've heard there was some frustration, a really good story in the athletic from, oh, I can't remember his name, something Keith, but he wrote about the Wentz situation and uh, it sounds like there's, there was some frustration that he wasn't willing to get vaccinated and, Obviously, everybody understands that's a personal decision, but, um, you know, for a football team that that needed him to be healthy and be active near the end of the season, he missed a whole week of practice leading up to, you know, one of their must-win games, and, and uh, you know, that stuff does matter to teams, so they'll look at that. Um, I think Wentz is an interesting option just because when you look at these names, you have, you know, guys like Cousins and obviously Garoppolo's out there and Jameis Winston – we talked about what it might cost to acquire Kirk and his contract. Wentz is probably going to be a lot cheaper. Do teams just go for him because the production is somewhat there, but he's cheaper, but he's also, a, can you win with him? There's just a lot of questions. So um, I think it's really interesting to see. He's probably going to be a fallback option for some of these teams that miss out. So um, yeah. What do, what do you think, Matt? It looks like you got something to say. So let's start with you. I did. That was. I also read that same article from the Athletic. It was very, very insightful. And I was actually listening to a podcast from Jason Spears yesterday, and he had a lot of good nuggets in there. And Carson Wentz is not a good quarterback. We have six years of evidence to say this. Twenty seventeen, he played eleven good games. It was on pace for an MVP. That's an outlier compared to the rest of his career. Carson Wentz is not a good quarterback. Um, I from the podcast yesterday, I I think the thing that stood out to me the most was that Frank Reich is more concerned with hiring his buddies rather than guys that have actual football knowledge. He said that Nick Sirianni was the only true guy that challenged him on his staff since he's been in Indianapolis, and that when Carson Wentz got to Indianapolis last year, the team didn't vote him team captain. Frank Reich just gave him that badge. All the other players that got that badge were voted by the teammates, but Carson Wentz was not voted by the teammates. Frank Reich just gave that to him. And that was a big issue that caused a lot of riff in the locker room between Wentz and Reich and the players and this weird three dynamic uh, relationship there. But Carson Wentz is not good as, as far as his trademark goes. I, if I'm betting today, I believe he ends up in Pittsburgh. And I think Pittsburgh still uses their first or second round pick on one of these rookie quarterbacks uh, that we're going to talk about a Malik Willis, a Kenny Pickett, what have you, because Carson Wentz has one is 
essentially a one-year rental, dependent on the development of that quarterback that they draft behind him. Could take over in 2023, or you could extend Carson Wentz for one more year, and they could sit for two years, et cetera, et cetera. But that's just kind of where I'm at with uh, Wentz. And I don't – he's just not good. I mean, that's all That's all there is to it. I, I understand that you can you can tell me, you know, those of you listening can can talk about his 27 to 7 touchdown interception ratio all day long. But when you break the numbers down by the halves, like a, he has zero comeback wins, zero game winning drives. And the games that he did come back and tie the game to force an overtime, he had to do that because he gave the ball away or threw a pick six on the previous possession. He actually hurt the Colts' chances more than he gave them a chance to win. And I think that's the issue. They had to win one game between the Raiders and the Jags. One game. And he went, I think it was two touchdowns and interception and three fumbles or something like that. Like he cost them both of those games. And Frank Reich even had the quote that we remember. He was like, he's going to have to win us a game at some point. And he didn't. Yep. And I think one other note that's important is Chris Mortensen was the one who first reported that the team was looking to move on from Wentz. Chris Mortensen is good friends with Jim Irsay. I think uh, we know where that report came from. Jim Irsay is frustrated, man. He's frustrated with the staff, with Wentz, with the situation. He's not somebody who's going to put up with, you know, this year over year. So if there's that frustration from the top, I think they're definitely looking to move on if they can. So I think Frank Reich is on the hot, hot seat. And I think Chris Ballard is on the hot seat. I think if the Colts have another disappointing year, I think Ballard is a little more safe than Reich is, but from some of the stuff that I've read was that Ballard and Ursay were very hesitant to pull the trigger on a Carson Wentz trade last summer. And it was Frank Reich that convinced them. He's like, I got this. I can get him back to 2017 form. Just trust me. And they did. And obviously we saw how that worked out and it didn't. So that's why I think this is kind of, you know, Frank Reich's last stand as the Colts head coach. Like I said, I think Ballard just might be out as well after the season if it goes poorly, but I think he, he might has a slightly better chance to say. And it's easy from Jim Irsay's chair to look at his team and go, Carson Wentz is not going to take us there. Like he can't get through Derek Carr. He can't get through Trevor Lawrence. What makes me think that he can get through Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen? Like it, it's just, it's not going to work. Yeah, I think the intriguing thing for other teams with Wentz is he has zero dead cap. Um, so teams can, if they acquire him, like you said, like a Pittsburgh and they have him in a rookie or something, they can move on rather easily if if he's not it. So it would depend on the compensation to acquire, but I think that's the most appealing thing with Wentz. Um, what, what do you think, Sam? We haven't heard from you on Wentz. Before we move on, do you have any thoughts? I mean, yeah, I did. Um... I have a lot to say, but kind of, a lot of it kind of crosses over with some of the topics you just touched on, so I guess I won't say much. Uh, you know, as the resident Indiana fan and the Colts fan, you know, you hear and see a lot, all the local media. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, just say, you know, I hope he's not back, and uh, hopefully Andrew Luck comes back. I don't know. I will say one of the other rumors that I've seen was not – quarterback related but it kind of is is that their center ryan kelly they i'm not going to say it's officially been put on the trade block but that is a name to watch um to get some potential trade compensation back in the form of picks because they spent a one and a three to go get wins so 
right now, outside of Carson Wentz, the biggest worry in Indiana is um, Quentin Nelson. Why? Why you say that? Because uh, what's going to happen is they're going to overpay for him, and then we're not going to have a quarterback. We'll have very little salary cap, and then we're going to be in an awkward spot. Yeah, I've heard that too. What uh, just what you mentioned, Matt? Because I mean, their assets are sunk in Wentz, and obviously that offensive line. So if they do need to go out and restack picks and stuff, that's probably the only way they can do it. But it's hard to break up that line, especially with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I, I think that athletic report that, that we're both talking about, it said that you have the Forrest Buckner, Quentin Nelson, and Darius Leonard in their primes, and you have up-and-coming stars and JT and Pittman. Like, you cannot waste these guys. You right. have to win now. So, Well, what, did you have something else, Sam? No, I don't. Um, I Yeah, just, just get them out the door move on. Well, do you think – Looking at the next name here on the list, Jimmy G, do you think he could be an option for the Colts, Sam? I mean, I, I don't know how much of an upgrade he is, but at least he's won in the NFL. Also, do they have, you know, if they're wanting to recoup picks, they're going to have to give up some for Jimmy G. So I don't know how that would look exactly, but would that be an option potentially? Or or what do you see with Jimmy G? You know, I, I, it's funny. I, I had the same conversation the other day about Jimmy G. It's like, is he an upgrade? You know, it's like, you know, Carson Wentz isn't good. I mean, like talking about just even this conversation about Carson Wentz, we just had is frustrating. He's just like, you know, like just to know what we had and then like what we have, like I never believed in Carson Wentz and I don't understand how a guy as bad as he is when it matters is going to get a third opportunity. It just, he he's a backup. That's what he is. He's a backup who's six foot four and runs fast and move on, people. I mean, like 2017 was five years ago. And Jimmy G is somebody who he's not sexy, he's not flashy, but he knows what he is and he's consistent. I mean, he's a, a high completion guy. He's gonna get the ball out quick. He's accurate, he's not gonna make a whole lot of mistakes. Guys love him, and he's gonna earn his captain spot. I mean, like Jimmy G is everything Carson Wentz isn't, and I don't love Jimmy G, but if the Colts were to bring in Jimmy G, I would be ecstatic because, like, he is an improvement over what we've had the past few years. Like, Jimmy G is an improvement over most guys um, looking at the teams who need quarterbacks. You know, a lot of teams just want somebody who, who works hard, who shows up every day, guys love, and, you know, can drive the car not make mistakes. That's not as easy to find as people think. And like Jimmy G, I don't know what he's going to cost. Like they got him for a second rounder a few years ago. Everybody knows you've got a, you know, Trey Lance waiting. So like, I can't imagine they're going to get much. I mean, like it'll probably be, I mean, maybe they'll get the recoup the second, but it'll be like a combination of picks. Um, and then it'll probably be like a conditional trade where, you know, if this happens, then it'll turn into this. Um, and then to be honest with you, if anything, I kind of just see him moving cross country to somewhere like Carolina. Um, I don't think the Colts are, and this is the other thing frustrating about the Colts is I don't think the Colts are serious enough in free agent market and the trade capital market, you know, to do anything. I think we're going to sit there and pray to God somebody sit, falls to us in the draft. And then when he doesn't, you know, you're going to run out there with Sam Ellinger and 
some bum you drafted in the first round who can't play, and then you know you're gonna tank. Um, I don't know. It, Jimmy G is much better than a lot of the options, um, and fantasy wise, like I mean, I think what QB two. I mean, he's not a runner. Um, and you also have to worry, is he going to miss games? I mean, like, you need a competent backup behind him, too. Like, that's the other worry is, like, it's not a guarantee that this dude's just going to show up and be a star. Like, there's this risk with all of these guys. And it, if you are if you need a quarterback right now and you can't get Russ or Aaron Rodgers, I'll be honest, it's you have a very squeamish feeling in your stomach. Yeah, agreed. I, th- I like what you said in terms of, Jimmy G knows what he is. I think that's important too, because guys like Wentz don't really seem to understand that. They think that he's somebody who thinks he's like, he thinks he's Andrew Luck. Like, it's like you live and die with the dude on so much in one play. You can't take it. Like there was a quote and I can't like, it was, it was, it's good information um, from somebody I know. It was a quote. It is, he's a better man than he is a football player. And, that's, you know, I was told about him. It's like, that's what he is. Like, he's a better dude than he is a football player. And it turns out that, you know, some guys don't even like him. Yeah. I think Jimmy G would be a nice fit in Indy, but. Um... I mean, it makes sense, too. They're they're not in the same conference. They're cr- cross division. So. You got any thoughts, Matt, before we move on to the next name? I think. I don't. I mean, the 49ers, they want a first. I don't see the Colts giving up their 23 1 for Jimmy G or 24. But I will say, whatever happens in Indianapolis, I think they spend their second round pick on, again, one of these quarterbacks and try, try, try and develop them because I, I mean, I get why they want to move Wentz, but it's also the same question is like, I don't know, is Jimmy G like truly an upgrade, like enough to go spend capital? Like I just I, I I don't know that answer. So especially if you spent capital on a guy last year, and then like you know what happens if you bring in Jimmy G and he's hurt or he's not it. Like you right, spend- so it's like you gave up a one and a three for Wentz, and then you're like Jimmy G's an upgrade. Let's go out and give another one, and now you've given up two ones and a three for Jimmy G and Wentz, and neither of those guys are on your roster come the beginning of 2023. Like I just don't that scenario just makes no sense to me, but it seems to be in play. So the the. I, I, I think the hardest part for me right now is I have, I struggle to believe that um, Frank Reich and um, Chris Ballard are going to be able to sit in a room with Jim Ursa and convince them we need to make another trade after we just whiffed last year. Like even when he was already hesitant, it just seems like, I mean, what is it you said? What was that quote? Lame duck or walking dead or whatever, like, Frank Wright this year. I mean, I think everybody kind of sees it. I mean, like, unless he well, that, blows our mind. Yeah. That's why they're struggling to fill their coaching staff because nobody, because everybody knows that they might only be there for one year. And it doesn't make sense to uproot your family from wherever you're currently living to move to Indianapolis only to get fired a year later. Same thing with free agents. And that's going to hurt us in free agency is you yeah. have all this money, but you have such a history of being cheap that nobody's going to want to play there. I mean, like, the Colts, I could very quickly see us turning into the bottom feeder again. I mean, like, it's trending that way. With a poor use of management, poor use of money, no quarterback, no free agent destinations, and you're probably about to have a new head coach. It's just I think, circle I think of life. you nailed it on the head. The Colts are walking on a very fine line this offseason, and they have to get the quarterback spot right. Otherwise, a year from now, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. 
Yeah, it does remind me when I alluded to the Broncos wasting last season. They had a lame duck coach in Vic Fangio. They let him bring in the quarterback he wanted, and it just simply didn't work. And then you move on, and it's like, well, we wasted a year getting this quarterback and on this coach. Both are now out the door. Could turn into that um, in Indy. Another name, um, this guy's on the free agent market, Jameis Winston. I think many had assumed he would be back in New Orleans. That is now a question mark, I think, with Sean Payton being gone. Jameis Winston is now the favorite um, just in terms of terms of betting odds to land in Pittsburgh, which I think would be a fun, fun option with, you know, Claypool and Deontay and stuff. But um, I think we'll find out how how the NFL values these quarterbacks just based on what they get in terms of offers and, and compensation and trades and, and contracts and stuff. But uh, what do you think, Matt? What do you think about Jameis? Well, actually, since we've started recording this, Jeremy Fowler has reported that the expectation is Jameis Winston returns to New Orleans. So, well, that's what I think about it. And that's, <laughs> that's kind of that's, good. That, that's where I'm at. You know, I think that's good because in my opinion and from my literal experience around guys rehabbing, they prefer to stay where they are so they can continue the rehab, don't need to find new doctors and change regimes and stuff. Like that stuff matters to guys. Like that's why I don't think Chris Godwin's going anywhere. That's why I don't think Michael Gallup's going anywhere. Like to rehab, it's so I mean, like it is so hard just to up and move let alone to up and move while you're rehabbing and find a new doctor and all that stuff. So I, that, that makes a lot of sense and um, it is what it is. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I had mentioned that too with like Odell and some of those wide receivers. That's a very good point. Um, okay. So let's assume he goes back to new Orleans. There are some other free agents on the market, less exciting names, but guys like, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, Mitchell Trubisky, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton, guys like that. Um, I think Trubisky's still interesting because, I mean, he was such a high draft pick and he didn't really have a great support system around him with Matt Nagy in Chicago. I think if somebody could, especially after sitting behind Josh Allen for a year, somebody could tap into his uh, potential I could see Marcus Mariota going to like Pittsburgh, right? They could draft a rookie and bring in Mariota or even Indianapolis, something like that. I think there will be teams that look at Trubisky, Mariota as kind of guys that can come in and have a rookie compete with them. But I don't know. I guess what do you, what do you think, Matt? Where where do you see these guys heading? Are they going to have value to, to teams? I think Mitchell Trubisky, again, uh, quoting Jeremy Fowler here, he put out an article this morning. He goes, I think people are going to be shocked how much money this guy's going to get this offseason simply because of the demand right now, and there's just not many options. So I do think Mitchell Trubisky is a starting quarterback. As of this morning, the report suggested that uh, Washington, Carolina, and uh, the Giants were the three teams that had the most interest in Trubisky. As for the other guys, I don't really see them. I could see maybe a Tyrod Taylor going to a team like Philly just because similar skill set fits into that offense could help mentor Jalen, something like that. I don't know about Andy Dalton. Uh, I think maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick hangs it up. Teddy Bridgewater, I could care less. Marcus Mariota. i saw that he might, uh, San Francisco might be interested in him. I'm not personally, I'm not convinced that San Francisco is in on Trey Lance. Uh, they, they've already been rumored that for Tom Brady, I think is a very real possibility. I know we talked about the top, and now they're being rumored for another uh, quarterback in Marcus Mariota. It's kind of one of those where there's smoke, there's fire. 
So if we're going to talk about how Jordan Love's not good enough, how Jalen Hurts is not good enough uh, because of all these quarterback rumors, then we have to we have to do the same thing with Trey Lance. So I'm not buying that they're sold on Trey Lance. I think maybe long term, but they clearly, in my opinion, did not see enough year one for them to be totally out of the QB discussions. I think, you know, it was rumored that they might want to sit him for even two years, which people just kind of brushed off, but that could be the case with somebody like Mariota. I've been saying with Trubisky for a while, he's the best of the bad options. I think he still has upside that hasn't been tapped into, especially after working with Dabble. I mean, the Giants, Dable, the Giants would make a lot of sense, come in and compete with Daniel Jones with uh, Brian Dable there. And I think in league circles, People probably view Trubisky higher than Mariota, but a lot of fans and media seem to like Mariota for some reason. But I don't know. What do you think, Sam? Have you heard anything about these guys? Do you have any thoughts on Trubisky, Mariota? Um, I mean, Mariota, not really as much. Um, I think you're right. It's more of a media frenzy based off of, you know, his one game on the one year. Um, I think the reason why Trubisky is so interesting is, you saw he could play regardless. Like with him, it was always like a mental thing. And then it just turned out like the coach was a douche, didn't believe in him and treated him like crap. So it's like, that's probably why he didn't have the mental thing. So if he's, you know, spent a year with Brian Dable behind Josh Allen, picking his brain, learning, becoming, you know, a quarter, you know, getting his confidence back and then comes back and, you know, becomes the starting quarterback in Washington or something, like that's absolutely something like people should be worried about. Like if there's anybody I think deserves a second chance, it's him because what we saw, like he can play. It was always, you know, like he got him to the playoffs. Like they were a double doink away from winning in the playoffs with him as well. But I think this was always his plan um, to, you know, go sit for a year and develop behind, you know, some guys, um, who do it right. Um, you saw the talent. Um, you saw how Nagy treated him. And then you saw how Nagy treated Justin Fields again this year. So it was clearly more of a a Matt Nagy problem than a potentially a Mitch Trubisky problem. So I personally hope that Mitch gets that opportunity. And, um, you know, if he does, I, I'm excited for him. Yeah, um, I think the way Justin Fields' rookie season went and all the hate directed at Matt Nagy was a win for – for Trubisky, right? It oh, absolutely. It had to be. I mean, it also had to feel good. I mean, like, it really probably had to feel good for this dude who, I mean, think about the amount of crap that he has dealt with and the things that are said about him on a daily basis. And then, like, oh, okay, Matt does it to another guy, too. Like, I mean, it probably had to feel so good for Mitch. I've always maintained the thought process that, I don't think Mitch Trubisky is like a top tier quarterback or a superstar by any means, but I do think he's better than what we saw in Chicago. So Chad, would you want him in Denver? Yes. I, I, if we don't get any of those top names, yes, I would like to have him. I think in. Denver would be good, especially with Nathaniel Hackett. Um, if he believes in him. Um, I just think if Mitch gets a staff that believes in him, he could be dangerous because he was not bad with the coach who didn't want him at all. People forget, but he's pretty mobile. He ran for very mobile Pro Bowl season. He ran for 421 yards. So that's an element that can be unlocked as well. Every time I think about Mitch Trubisky, I think about that rollout, run, run around. It was like the next gen stat where he like ran around, um, 
behind the backfield, like almost got sacked, ran like 40 yards on the field, ran for touchdown, and it was like a 20-yard rush or something. And they said in that play he ran for over 100 yards. I'll never forget that. That's crazy. And let's not – he went to the Pro Bowl that year. He ran for 420 yards. 421 yards and he led the bears to an 11 and three record. I think people forget that too. His overall record is 29 and 21, which is a lot better than I think people realize. Let's not forget. He had that one half against Tampa where he was like 21 for 22, 350 yards and five touchdowns at halftime, something right. r- ridiculous like that. And that was, I believe that game was in Chicago, but. Yeah, and also I've been saying it for a while. I think I have him in almost all of my super flex leagues. I mean, he's a guy you should have grabbed him in anticipation of this, but he's he he has some fantasy value. I mean, that season I alluded to, he was I think QB like seven, six, like he was around QB five, maybe somewhere in that range. Like he has a lot of upside in fantasy too because of that mobility. If you were following fantasy scouts, you would have known to pick up Mitchell Trubisky last summer when I said that right. this was the probable outcome. That's very true. You have. Matt, you're starting to develop like as I've noticed over the past few years a very good track record with quarterbacks. Nobody listens to me, but that's fine. Hey, I've been saying Trubisky for a long time too. Nobody listens to me, so I, I, I will say though that I, I feel like for Trubisky, which is an unfortunate situation, but I feel like maybe it's the pressure you kind of want is that he he basically has one year to prove himself. Right, like you had all these years in Chicago. You're going to get paid. I, maybe he gets signed. I I would guess a two year deal would be my guess maybe a three-year deal, but he essentially has one year, 17 games to come in and be like, I can be the guy like for you. Like this is what you signed me for. I'm going to come out and be the guy. Otherwise it's going to be one of those scenarios where they can like, well, maybe you weren't actually good and we'll get somebody else now. Yeah. And especially with a lot of questions around this incoming rookie class, which we'll talk about on another episode. But I mean, would you rather take a shot on one of these rookies that you may not necessarily believe in or a guy who at least has some experience was a very high draft pick is still young was behind Allen and you know working with Dable and he he has that experience which I think is huge so you know coming into a team he knows how to kind of take over and see if he can take that leap I think think, go ahead I was gonna say I think there's two rookie QBs I would rather take my shot at instead of Trubisky but then there's there's a third guy that I would like to sit behind Trubisky so I, yeah. I would I would rather take my shot at Willis or Howell over Trubisky and just whatever happens, happens, because I feel like their ceilings are higher. And then I think someone like Desmond Ritter to pair with Trubisky, I think, would be a good mesh. Yeah, I think so. And we'll get to all that, but I, I it would be a nice pairing with him and a rookie. I, 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 what do you think, Sam? Well, I was just going to talk about the contract. Matt was talking about the contract. I think what whoever signs him will do is – yeah, we're going to give you a three-year deal, but it's really going to be your one-year deal with an out after the first year, just in case you really do suck and there's zero dead money against us. Like, I don't see a team committing to him full-time, but I do see them, like, giving him a lump sum of money if he's on the team past, you know, year one. Like, it's probably a – it'll be a, like a free trial where, hey, we'll give you, like, $15 million this year if you're not it. Zero cap, dead cap on us moving forward. We'll cut bait. You know, you get the money. Um, and if not, then, um, you know, obviously they, they do the extension. It's probably how that would go if I had to take a guess. And it's smart on teams that ends. But if they do that, then it kind of tells me, like, they also have a little doubt. So maybe we shouldn't get as excited when we see the number. 
Yeah. So, and that's a good point too. And just to be clear, like this turned into a Mitchell Trubisky hype show, you know, we're not saying he's, he's uh, going to be a starter and a, you know, elite quarterback, but he's, he still has some upside. And I think I really am intrigued by the giants reuniting with Dable and cause they're not sold on, on Daniel Jones. I think that would be an interesting spot, but there's a lot of situations that would work for him. You got one more thing, Matt. Yeah, I was gonna say for some reason the Giants do sign him to like some twenty million or excuse me, two year forty million dollar deal or something like that. I mean, that tells you all you need to know about how Devil views Daniel Jones. Right. I don't think that would happen, especially with them being negative five under, but I do think you make a good point. Yeah, like I don't think Trubisky signs with the Giants in any capacity. I don't care what the contract says, and unless he knows that he has like a legitimate chance to start. So Yeah. Right. I, I my guess right now, if I had to pick where Trubisky ends up, um, I almost wonder if um, Indiana uh, the Colts wouldn't be really interested, and they have the money. And I mean, he could be like, like if there if there's a place he's going to turn his career around. I mean, like I'm to Indiana, my guy. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Um, but Washington would be my next pick. Um, yeah, Anders. Um, just based off of obviously kind of what I know and um, who he knows and who he's played for in the past and some coaching assistants now in Washington. So some mutual interest there already. Um, so if that takes off, I wouldn't be surprised. That's interesting. That was going to be my guess as well, but that's interesting. You dropped that nugget that there's mutual interest. And I will say, and I believe we said this on a previous pod. Last thing is that, uh, Washington and New Orleans came dangerously close to completing a trade at the deadline this year for Mitchell Trubisky. So interesting. Yep. A lot of teams I think could be more interested in Trubisky than people realize. I just see on pro football reference that his nickname is supposedly Mr. Biscuit. I have not heard that before, but I will now be referring to him as Mr. Biscuit going forward. Just so you guys know who I'm talking about. All right. Um, we will get into the rookie quarterbacks, Possibly next week, not sure yet, but we'll definitely run through the rookies and kind of what we think of them and what their ideal landing spots would be because they got to land somewhere as well. But a lot of names, I mean, this QB market is so fluid. There's a lot of names, but I think it's important to know where where they stand. And like, like Matt had alluded to, I mean, if you followed Fantasy Scouts, if you listened to either of us a year ago, you would have known to go get Trubisky. So that's what... Uh, that's what we're doing here, trying to keep you ahead of the curve on that kind of stuff. So with that in mind, head on over to patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts. Get subscribed if you're not. Get uh, ahead of the curve on some of this stuff. We got a lot of good stuff coming this offseason. Next season, we're we're always ahead of the curve with that stuff. With Mitchell Trubisky, like Sam just dropped some knowledge too. You know, these guys have a lot of connections and things like that. So if you're not signed up for the Patreon, head on over there now. And we'll see you back here next week on the Fantasy Scouts podcast, where we bring you inside info you won't get anywhere else.